gentlemen, welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Tuesday, May 28th. On today's show, we discuss the Breeders' Invitational that just came to a close in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nader City. <laughs> we discuss the champions that were crowned in the four-year-old open and the four-year-old Dom Pro. Talk about the clinic that Lloyd Cox put on. The GOAT. And discuss the unbelievable show that Bright Little Kitty had. So we hope you guys enjoy the chat today. This episode is brought to you by Western Bloodstock. Western Bloodstock conducts all of the sales at the NRCHA and NCHA major events in Fort Worth, Texas. Whether you are looking for a ready-made show horse, broodmares, or your next young prospect, Western Bloodstock has many options available to fulfill your performance horse needs. Five sale graduates advance to the Breeders' Invitational Derby Open Finals. Walk the Moon owner John Mancuso, Royal Red Brow owner Center Ranch, Pepsi Boone owner Jerry Jeffries, Stylish Haley owner Kathleen Moore, and Bad Boone Arising owner Plantation Farms LLC. Like their page on Facebook, Western Bloodstock LTD, or visit their website, www.westernbloodstock.net. The 2019 Breeders Invitational Twister Cutting Horse Show has now come to a close. <laughs> Cody and Colburn were on hand, showed a couple horses themselves. Lloyd Cox put on a clinic at the BI this year at the that BI. That he did. It's pretty insane. The, the open, goat. yeah, they had another work off too in the open. Two you don't work see offs, that. same cut. Yeah, you don't see that very often. Yeah. I mean, we don't see work offs ever at any other shows. There's always co championships in Fort Worth and really any other place you go. I'm pretty sure on the Pacific Coast as well. Cody, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's co champions as well. Well, the Breeders Invitational is the only one that has the rule that if there is a tie, then they add up all the scores from the judges. And if it's still tied, then they have a work off. So, so that's then, why they it's in it the off. rules. It's no matter what you have to. I see. And none of the other cut. Well, it used to be a thing back in the day. I feel like, but it kind of just lost its luster, and they just started making them co-champions. And the BI just kept those rules in place ever since they started their cuttings back in Reno. Yeah. Well, I could see why people might see that there's an unfair advantage for maybe a horse that was in the second set that marked the second score as opposed to the horse in the first set that went back to the stalls and got unsaddled and got both put these, up and all that. Both so of these work-offs here, though, were in the first both set. Both horses were in the first yeah, set. so I guess it was pretty level playing field. But, yeah, Lloyd Cox and Tatum Rice both marked two 24s in the first set of cattle, and then Tatum Rice was first out in the work-off, marked a two twenty-two. Lloyd Cox had a hell of a run second out on the work-off. That yeah. white cow he cut. I think it was the second cow, really tried him, tried to get back in the corners, and that roan, son of a gun, held it and looked really good doing it. That was really exciting to watch. I know everybody in the Cox camp was super excited. I saw Christina's post on Facebook said even for her, that was like something to see Lloyd yeah. doing so well at a show like this. He was uh, second in a workoff to John Stanislaw in the 5-6 aboard Hot Heels. <laughs> so it was cool to see Lloyd doing well in both the four and the five six-year-old and t- like hey, he tatum rice does. yeah like he normally does <laughs> hey tatum rice there he is crazy i mean adding stacking more points to the horse of the year campaign yep. that they're on she had a darn good run too i felt like her second cow started off phenomenal in the in the work unreal it was i remember colburn and i texting about it afterwards and I, 
that was the first thing he said. The first part of that second cow was just unreal. Yeah, I was out at and the then, Colonial Golf Tournament, and right. I heard that it was going into a workoff, and yeah. I just immediately went somewhere where I could look on my phone <laughs> and watch. So, yeah, I definitely saw the workoff, but I didn't see their, their runs in the first set. That oh, On crazy, that, that horse is just so stinking quick, and it, she just makes – she seems like she's going so fast that nearly seems impossible that you can ride that horse. And then she just stops on a dime and then there, there on that second cow, she just, she nearly got her. It seemed like her nose down to the ground and was just absolutely cowing up. Just blocking the cow. That's what it looked like to me. Like her head was just, she was using her head and her head so quick that she just blocked her block the cow with but i think the the weather made the cattle much tougher than they normally are yeah, up in tulsa be. because i think i mean maybe you guys can you guys were there and showed i didn't show up there this year due to some lameness and some sickness but uh it looked like the the cattle were tough every every time i tuned into the webcaster the day i was up there i mean it was tough sledding crazy and slow ride dang sure make those tough cows look yeah. good so or made made those tough cows look easy i should say so in the non-pro, Cade Shepard, another Futurity champion, marked a 220, won another non-pro derby title at the BI. Um, that kid just on a roll. It seems like every year he'll pull something out. Champ. Of the yeah, I mean. I've been calling him champ, champ. for like the past few years. <laughs> That's what he he's is. He's just such a good showman. He makes, you know I mean, he's definitely not in the category of Lloyd Cox, but for a non-pro rider. And as uh, young as he, he is. His uh, demeanor while he shows, it's uncanny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I couldn't I agree mean, more. I mean, like, I'll use myself as an example. In the second go at the non-pro on my second cow getting it cut, I absolutely just lost all my demeanor while I was showing. <laughs> and and, and, K, and K, K doesn't allow those things to happen. Like he is calm, cool, and collected all the time, and it's so impressive. He's a heck of a showman. I think it's in his blood for yeah, sure. The it, calm, cool, and collectiveness that runs through the shepherd, all their veins, is something that is you can't find. I mean, I'm I'm having words hard <laughs> trouble to find the words to describe it because I mean it, it is. It can't be taught. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, Big A got three horses to the finals, two in the top five or six i think it was and i mean both of those horses have been good all year too and it's the same way watching him show i mean they're just they don't make mistakes no and that's that's one reason why uh i mean we hear and nearly every podcast we have done especially when we interviewed somebody there has been one at least one sentence that lloyd cox's name has got brought up because <laughs> so there's true. so many people there's so many people that look to Lloyd Cox on how to show because it, it seems like no matter where you go, even if he has a show that he struggled at or didn't do good, it, I mean, his, his showmanship is at the top nearly everywhere you go. And those times that he doesn't do good at him, you don't think his showmanship's very good, but he's still doing well above average. Yep, 100%. Yeah, Barney Ross, Cade Shepard was third on him. Dustin Adams, our good friend, on hot sriracha, sired by his stud, hottish, marked a 218, take home 20 grand. Um, but yeah, I mean, the non pros over, overall, pretty solid payday. Um, 
what what can you say about about Cade Shepard, everything that he's done and continues to do? Well, one thing I can say is it's pretty cool to watch him come back from the Super Stakes because obviously going into the Super Stakes, he'd won the Fraternity, he'd done well on that mare since then. One thing on your mind is trip triple crown. crown, you yep. know, and he didn't. He didn't end up doing well, didn't end up making the finals, and then he comes back and wins this. And same can be said for Tatum. I mean, you know that's on your mind. We're all human. We're all thinking about it. Two fraternity champions, and they don't make the finals, and then they come back to the next show, you know, regroup, and, I mean, Tatum was second, and Cade Shepard was first. And, I mean, that's another testament to how good these guys are and how tough the competition is all the way around. I mean, I think it was a – 220 to get in the top five of the open four-year-old and i mean both of those runs and the work off were phenomenal i mean it's as good as you'll see anywhere you go and it's tough everywhere you go another fun part of the breeders invitational one of my favorite parts of the four-year-old derby class is the 10,000 novice it's cool to go to a show somewhere where you can have the opportunity on maybe horses that have had bad luck or drawn up poorly places that they've entered and have it or been sore early yeah. on at the fraternity. Sore, I mean, sick. That happens yeah, too. For sure. And and to see uh, a 10,000 novice cutting pay what this one did. I mean, Lloyd Cox, Backstreet Cat for Lloyd and Christina Cox both. They marked a 220 in those finals. Picked up close to $16,000. Uh, bright little kitty. Oh, we'll man. get to, to her here in a little bit. Pretty insane what what Greg and what Russ did on the BI aboard that horse in just the 10th. I mean, really all the classes, every class, she's yeah. four time finalist. That's crazy. That's, that's steady Eddie. $47,996. Yeah. For being a novice horse, old bright little kitty sure did come up and rake in the cash. Uh, won the 10,000 novice non-pro with Greg in the saddle was second with Russ in the saddle and the 10,000 novice open was 15th in the open and then was T4 in the regular non-pro derby. So, overall, unbelievable show for Bright Little Kitty. Spud Sheehan, four in the finals of the Open, three for the Beach Fork, and one for him and his wife back. He he, he also had two in the 5-6 finals. So, he he had another good show. And he's had several shows this year that he has had multiple finalists. Uh, at at the shows he's been at, so yeah, it didn't look like the cow horse stuff. It didn't look like the cow horse stuff really messed Spud up at all. Looked <laughs> like he just kind of came from the cow horse show and went up to Tulsa and continued his winning way. So good for Spud, good for the Beach Fork. And to kind of go along with what you just said, Colburn, I was talking to Spud one day up there at the BI, and that's something that he told me. He was like, he would rather have all four of his horses in the finals than than uh, you know be be second on one or be first on one. I mean, obviously winning it is a little bit different, but he'd rather have four in the top five than, than be second on yeah, one of them. Not advanced, and he'd not rather, he'd rather do good on all the horses than, than just one. So that's his goal. Every time he goes to a cut and, and it's everybody's goal. I know that, but it seems to work for him. It makes everything worth it. And it's very hard to have enough good runs just with the cattle circumstance to get that many in the finals. But it says a lot about a rider being able to consistently get more than one horse into the finals because there's a lot of showmanship that goes into it, into that. When you're consistently getting more than one to the finals, uh, it, it's maybe one show it can, you maybe got a little lucky, but there's a lot to say when you're you're going 
to several shows and you're making more than one to the finals. Well, just coming from an amateur's perspective, when I go from one of my horses to another one, it's like completely different. So <laughs> I have to readjust my mind, what I'm going to do pretty much all the way around. So I can't imagine doing that six times or seven times in a span of, I mean, an hour or two mm -hmm. hours when it comes to working them every day or showing them and go rounds at shows and stuff like that. So yeah, those, those guys that are making multiple horses to the finals says a lot about their talent and their feel and, and just their overall training and, and, and this cutting deal. So yeah, the, the non-pro 10,000, like we were saying, Greg Colson, bright little kitty and the reserve champion. in that was Luis de Armas, CR turbo tough marked two seventeen and a half. So Congratulations to everybody who picked up championships at the BI and those classes. Remember the Lloyd Cox cutting horses too. Yeah. CR Turbo Tough. Yeah. They had a good show all, yeah, all the way around. They killed it. Uh, Julie made some finals. Ty was the high score the other day on scantily clad, marked a 222 in the second go round. So Christina made finals on yeah. Black Street Cat. Yep. Yep. That, that's another person that uh, is just so impressive watching show, and, and that's Ty Moore. He's a friend of ours, but I mean that guy. He he makes it look way too easy as well. He's got that cool gene too. He's just yeah, like he Lloyd. Does. He, he you does. can I, you can never tell if he's done well or if he just missed his first cut. He's over there laughing, talking. Whether he's talking to Doug Irvin or talking to Lloyd, I mean he's the same. Whereas, yeah, cat just every time. Yeah, I have to I have to be like Ty. What did you, what did you do today? He's like, oh, marked a two twenty two. I'm like. Sick man, nice like, job, man. <laughs> you should tell me. Way to go! It seems it seems like at nearly every show too. He's he's one of the top scores going in into the finals too, and uh, I mean he just he shows so dang good. And the Moors are always there to support cutting, and that's another good thing. We can't thank them enough. Breeding as many mares that they bred this year. I mean, yep. it's insane. Every year. Yeah, every year. This year specifically, though. Colburn, what do you think about the Breeders' Invitational as a whole? I mean, we've already covered all the cutting part of it, but Tulsa and, and the atmosphere. Obviously, we were under Tornado Watch a couple nights, and that's not the most fun. But Well, uh, the Tornado situation was a bit ridiculous. It seemed like every time you were kind of getting relaxed about there not being a, a Nader warning, it seemed <laughs> like this. You'd the hear the sirens, sirens. Would go off. Yeah. Uh, and that is definitely not fun. Naders are not chill at all. <laughs> they're not something to take lightly. Well, I was but, planning on coming up those days, and I was like, no, you're not going up there. Like, everybody on TV was like, no, stay where you are. Do not come to Oklahoma. Like Cody said, the safest place to be in Oklahoma during those days was not in Oklahoma. Lapan, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> but to your question, Cody. You know, you know. It's, it seems like sometimes you you look at some of the scores in the go round of the open, and you're like, man, these are sure sure are high for for this certain cutting. There's a that's a weird reason why this one's so high, and you know, some from some people, it's like, oh, maybe marking a little much. But those guys are being so perfect, getting their cows cut just from from what I watch. I mean. I mean, there's so many of those guys that to get those those 17 to 18, they are cutting every single cow so darn clean, and, and and making it look easy, and they're getting 
rewarded for how good they cut their cattle. Well, it yep. seems like they have an idea and know every cow in the set, too, at least the day I was up there. It seemed like it didn't matter if it was people late in the day or first. I mean, somebody would sneak in there and find a cow that maybe everybody else didn't like or, or somebody didn't know about. But for the most part, I mean, knowing the cows and picking good cows was a lot of what I saw, too. So, yeah, it was it was crazy to see some of those big scores. But like you said, they cut them good and showed their horses good. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's a tough cutting. Everybody from all around brings their best horses and, and you can I win a lot like of it's money a part of the year where people have been going enough that they have their horses right they've got enough help you know if they were had something that they were lacking at the last couple shows then they've got that fixed now warmer months so these horses are taking it a little better they're not fresh when it's cold anymore and and i think that the horses are just more prepared once you get to the bi and and then the cows are usually tough and they'll usually try you and and these horses have to hold them. Well, they figure it big out. Big scores and, happen, and big scores happen. And but it is it, it's always tough at the bi, and that's something that has always been a topic a of conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's always it always takes a lot to make the bi finals. Caden mentioned this on a previous podcast, but we're, I mean, in reality, we're we're really not that far uh, from the fraternity from when these horses were first shown, and it is crazy to think that from the fraternity to now, how much more consistent a lot of these horses have got. We interrupt this conversation to bring you a sponsor alert. EXP offers an all-natural drug-free supplement built for the equine industry. They have built these products using cutting-edge technology to deliver the highest quality product available to you and your horse. How do they know it is right for your horse? Because EXP was designed by horsemen, and they understand what your horse needs. EXP relates to every aspect of your business, especially the health of your horse. EXP was designed by Hall of Fame trainer Matt Miller, who has won over $3.4 million in the cutting pen. Visit expequine.com and enter Section K at checkout to receive 10% off your next EXP order. That's promo code Section K to receive 10% off your next order at expequine.com. Best part of the Breeders' Invitational every year, guys, has got to be the kids cutting. I don't know about every y'all. Every year. So cool every to year. see on Snapchat and social media. Mark Michaels does an unbelievable job capturing all the great moments at the kids cutting. Jan Sego does a great job promoting it, on, it. Yeah, putting it on. Finding the sponsors for people get, to get all the, the kids goodie bags awards together. and goodie bags. Yeah, no, they did an unbelievable job every year uh, putting on the kids cutting. It was cool to see Ryder Flynn. He's one of my favorites every year. Always look for Ryder to see what he's up to. Yeah, running around looking like JB Mooney. That's the other cool thing that has really started in this kids cutting. Seeing it from the beginning until now is ever. They're all starting to dress up now, and they paint their horses, and it kind of becomes a little contest of whose horse has the best body paint on, which is always cool to see what people come up with. I remember a couple years ago, they painted Lacey Good's horse with the American flag on it right before Memorial Day, so it was a huge post, and, and I mean, it's just fun, and that's what that whole deal is for, and that's what cutting is all about is it's fun, and to get the kids involved and let them go down there. and Well, those kids spend so much time, and I know you can vouch, Colburn, you too, for 
how much time y'all spent as little kids at the show when you weren't riding or you weren't helping. And I mean, you had to stay occupied and you had to stay out of the way or stay out of trouble. So it's cool to see Jan reward the kids that, that are there the whole show there throughout the five, six there throughout all the non-pro there throughout all the amateur. And then finally they get to show finally the kids get to show there on the last week of the show. So it's cool to see all those kids that are up there for the entire show at the BI be rewarded. CBO, what were some of your favorite moments from the kids cutting? Did you get to check any of that out? Yeah. So something that, or what's going right now is there's a lot of the top trainers that have kids going and the, it's pretty funny to go and watch. Or it was funny to watch their kids go and show because they're still pretty young. So that, I mean, obviously they don't savvy all all of it, but they're just out there having fun and to to watch those top trainers look at their kids and just have a grin on their face is really cool to see. But Dax going in there with his horse painted like the Hulk was pretty awesome i'm glad yeah. you mentioned dax we had to mention dax on this show yeah we've done that in the past we had to bring up his, his costume and then Ryder flynn i mean he stole the show Every he time. i mean he's something it, else. Was, it was like the nchha paid him to be out there entertaining everybody entertain everybody <laughs> because he did an absolute great job doing that everybody was laughing and he was having a great time and i know i, I mean all the kids had a smile on their face and um, all of, a, a majority of the people in the NCHA not for sure not all but a majority of the people in the NCHA when their their fandom their love for cutting it, it maybe didn't start out when you were super young but it uh, it has a lot to do with the passion that you have for it and it, it's really cool to see all these kids just having fun. And it's not re- necessarily a competition other than just going down there and having fun and maybe being a little scared. But at the end of it, walking out of the herd and having a smile on your face, it's it's kind of what it, it, it puts a lot of things into perspective on on how serious it can go for all of us adults or the older older people on how serious you take it and then you watch the kids they're just in there having fun not really knowing what all necessarily goes into everything one of the things that you just said is it started off rewarding the kids that had been there the whole time but now it's evolved into people coming up there and bringing their kids just for the kids cutting yeah i know chad's done that in the past chad's definitely taken wesley up there Rowdy Larson, I don't think he was there for any of the four-year-old stuff, but he was there for the five-six, and then came back and brought his daughter up, and she was down there on her little pony, and he led her into the herd of the cows, and they went and cut. And I mean, that's to me, that's really, really cool too, because cutting at the end of the day is a family sport, and for me and Colburn especially, it started off when we were really young, just like these kids, and we started off wanting to go down there and just have fun, and then now it's turned into. Now we got to make the finals, which makes it a little tougher, but it is what it is. Yeah, another part that I liked about the kids cutting and what Mark did was the little video interviews that he did. <laughs> I know he did one with Ryder, and yep. Ryder kind of talked about riding, I think it's Grant's mom's horse that he showed. Grant Setnick's turn yep. back horse. Yep. And, uh, Rowdy. Yeah, Rowdy. He yep. was, and he was saying that Grant's his favorite trainer, and yep. then they sat down with uh, Joe Tom Pounds and Lacey Good. Yep. <laughs> Mark had uh, – accuse him of getting married i mean when you're that age the last thing you want 
someone to do got cooties man is a cute yeah has accused <laughs> you of liking someone of the opposite sex so it was so funny to watch those videos and watch those little kids interact with mark i mean sure they see mark at the shows and they know mark from being around weatherford and growing up in this area but it's cool to see kids like Ryder and joe tom and just the young men that they've turned into and they're respectful and they interact with everybody and they're just themselves at those horse shows, and it's really funny to see. It's been fun to watch both those two specifically grow up. Another thing that I enjoyed, too, is when it first started in the beginning, it was the parents with the kids on the saddles, and a lot of these kids are getting to the age now where they're riding by themselves. And so now those kids that are riding by themselves are even turning back for their buddies down there. <laughs> and just to watch all them. I mean, there's three or four people in the corner on each corner and you got two people out front and I mean, sometimes it's not, there was more than that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there was some excessive turn back help. I would say just I'd because say. there was sure, yeah. 19 people in just there. Cause it was fun. Though. <laughs> but yeah, no, I saw, uh, Will was helping Wes and they were both dressed up. The Bouchaws yep. always, always take part in that kid's cutting. It's always fun to watch that. Yep. So, uh, thank you for everybody that had a hand and, the making of the kids cutting it's always a wonderful event and everybody always loves yeah to, big to thanks watch to bob it. and jan and everybody at the breeders invitational that not only puts on a great cutting and one that we're all excited to go to every year but puts on an event like the kids cutting to give those kids that aren't necessarily showing in the aged events or not old enough to show at, in the youth even and give them an opportunity to go cut at one of the bigger shows of the year so Big shout out to everybody at the Breeders Invitational that made all that possible. Especially Jan Sego. The BI is also a really good place to go and, and take your three-year-olds out and get them exposed to a lot. There's always The wind's always blowing, so there's always trash blowing along the, the parking lot that comes out of the trash cans Tons or whatever. Tons of outdoor arenas, pins to <laughs> yeah. take them to, ride them around, see they a get, ton of they different get exposed stuff. exposed to a lot up there, and everybody's always riding them. There's a track cow and the flags. and. How many did you have up there this year, Headland? Two. It seemed like, it, it, what you're saying, Cody, it seemed like there was, I mean, nearly everybody brought a ton of three-year-olds uh, to the BI. It was like the start of, uh, which I know some of them have brought them out to shows previous, but it seemed like everybody was like, all right, it's go time to bring the three-year-olds to the show. Yeah. It's because it just seemed like i seen a lot of trainers riding three-year-olds around. Yeah, and all tied up down there in the back where uh... – yeah, where the cows come in and out. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But Tulsa, I mean, bar the tornadoes is usually a pretty good place to go cut. I mean, the tornadoes do suck, though. But the Breeders' Invitation always puts on a good cut. And and, and that, the Expo Square is a very, very nice facility. Tons of stalls. And and uh, you just got to watch out for them naders. There's good restaurants around the Expo yep, Square. I mean, exactly. tons of great places to go eat Tons and they all support the bi too because yeah. i mean the bi go around or daily every day high scores. Yeah, daily high scores they get gift certificates to those businesses around there well, not just so. like little gift certificates either it's like 130 dollars yeah. or 100 dollars gift cards to nice steakhouses so yeah shout out those i can't remember what that restaurant is in tulsa that gives smoke them. is one yeah, of them i yep. think that's a that's a good place pizza joints there yeah what, there was Blaze Pizza and Hideaway Pizza and Pie Holes, another one. Yep. What's the Italian place that we were talking? I saw Tatum coming back to his trailer with a bunch of takeout, like Andalini's. I can't remember what yeah. it's called, but there is. There's a lot of them. Hideaway has 
top-notch garlic knots. That's <laughs> probably some of my favorite garlic knots or are my favorite garlic knots that I have eaten so far in my lifetime. Give us a garlic knot review. I believe on the review that I sent y'all on Snapchat, it was an 8.5. Wow. That's, a, that's and, a real score right there. And, you know, that's probably you think, well, that's pretty high, Colburn. I'm telling you right now, those garlic knots are out of this world. They are delicious. You sound like and, a man that knows some something about garlic knots, too. I, I can't say that it's something that I critique very often, but I feel like you well, have quite the expertise on this subject. I will not say that I do, but I just know I really like pizza. And I think that goes for a lot of people in this world. But when you have some good garlic knots, there's not much better when you're eating pizza. Amen. Definitely a good way to start out your, your meal at the pizza joint. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, when we went, they didn't even bring our garlic knots, so we didn't even get to yeah, try I didn't, I didn't have a very solid review of Hideaway Pizza. I started off on a on a rough foot with uh, forgetting of the of the garlic knots. But I will say, it was like some high school graduation or some... Some sort of graduation, they got absolutely slammed with pizza order, so maybe I'll give Hideaway another shot next time I'm in Tulsa. Well, that's going to complete our BI Roundup episode of the Section K podcast. Thanks so much for stopping by and listening today. Be looking for some content during the NCHA convention coming to you this week and weekend. Um, everybody should be coming into Fort Worth uh, tending as many meetings as possible and trying to make the NCHA great again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, we look forward to seeing everybody at the NCHA convention. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, send us an email, section kpod at Gmail. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, thanks again for stopping by. We'll be seeing y'all down the road. Adios. Bye. Texas town on a Friday night filled with bathtub drugs and barroom fights. The kids drive out past the hills to make love neath the Marfa lights. Amanda gets off a little bit early and Jerry's waiting for her saying, won't you hurry? I got a safe fifth of whiskey. I've been gone three nights and I hope you miss me. Jerry worked in the valley on weekdays But a minimum wage couldn't please his ways He loved to booze and he loved to gamble Amanda loved him even though he was hard to handle And she worked in a diner owned by her paw Jerry spent his off days running in the law They'd get high and make love till dawn On the runway while the night stars heard their song Their love would take him so high They'd never worry about the fall they were running fast to love, but even faster from the hall.
While most of the boys were off in ammo, Jerry stayed back and tried to work the land. He knew he never had farmer's hands. And soon he had a change in plans, so he bought himself a small prop plane. And he learned how to grow a new type of cane. It didn't make sugar and it didn't need rain. And a lifetime in jail is what it would bring. It was East Alpine down 118, fly low to Coila and not be seen. Cash for cargo and then return back to the barn where they'd cook up everything. And Amanda would help him land at night. She'd dance on the runway with a big spotlight. He'd hop off the plane and say we made it all right. Then drop the duffel bag to run and hold her tight. The love would take him so high they never worry about the fall. They were running fast to love, but even faster from the hall. So on a two-day binge, they made their plan And he'd land a night on some private land She flashed the light like times before Coast as clear as one and troubles twice or more and Jerry came in at midnight flying low But no light shined from down below Then a flashing light went on and on Since troubles more than once, Jerry just flew on And his panic went through his mind Saw the sirens crash through the brush line He watched the agents raid from above He knew he still had the cargo But he'd lost his love And he thought of how they caught on and found him And he hated himself for keeping Amanda around him To follow her love, she left her past behind Now she'd rot in a cell And Jerry passed the borderline